What's up, people? GNR TV, streaming done right. It has all the channels that you would want. You know, the regular channels, channels from out of state, pay-per-views, sports, the movie channels, porn. It has over 2,000 channels in general. Over 2,000 channels. $20 a month for two devices now. Not one, but two devices for 20 bucks, and you get all that amazing stuff. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, there's no sports right now. There's not really many pay-per-views. Well, guess what? There is sports because UFC is back. And there's pay-per-views because guess what? UFC is back, and the rest of the sports will be back eventually, and it's worth it. This app is freaking amazing. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. I've had it for a little over a year now. I'm never going to get rid of it, and I love it. I love it so much. GNR TV, streaming done right. If you don't have it, you need to get it. And enjoy the rest of the show. Let's get slicing and dicing with Sir Sturdy Horror fans. On this podcast, you will hear me and a guest do some movie reviews, random funny horror chats, and whatever else comes to mind. So tune in, kick back, relax, and always remember, I'll see you in your nightmare. Jason's mask. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? I got the awesome Rebecca Reinhardt on here. Rebecca, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm happy to have you on here like we were just talking about and we were talking about someone who you were actually, this is one of your co-stars, Monkey Vader. Yep. Awesome yep. ball of energy. John, Johnny <laughs> Shandor, yeah. So Not we were just talking about her because she was on your show before. She's actually, she's in my film and she's kind of, um, I, she kind of idolizes me. <laughs> and it feels weird. Like I feel like I have a responsibility because she looks up to me as far as horror and acting and movies and that type of thing. But she is, she is definitely a, she is a force to be reckoned with. And she is definitely somebody that everybody needs to be on the lookout for. She is going to be big. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I, you saying that she looks up to you, she really does. Cause she's mentioned you on my show a couple of times. And then she's even mentioned you like before and after the interview, like she's just, <laughs> which I, it's cool though. It's cool that, you know, and that not only did she get to she gets to meet you, I'm sure she gets to talk to you when she needs to or wants to, and that, that probably feels really really good to her. So it's awesome you're doing that for her. Now she's gonna be in a yeah. movie with you, so that probably just made her. Yeah, he has to be the coolest kid in school. Come on now, like I that's something yeah. I would brag about. Like, look, I'm gonna be in a horror movie, guys. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely the coolest kid in my book. And actually, I met her. So I told you I'd tell you the story of how I met her. Mm-hmm. I. I always say like, my friend Johnny or whatever, and it feels weird because she's eight. But I mean, I actually like met. I was I knew her before I knew her parents. Um, but we were at a convention, uh, Days of the Dead in Indianapolis, and we were in line. My friend Shannon and I were in line for a photo op with Felissa Rose and Catherine Cammy from Sleepaway Camp. And in walks this little eight-year-old girl in a Camp Arawak shirt, and she's all ready for her photo op. And Felissa runs out there, like just goes crazy, and is just like, "Oh my God, you're so adorable!" Whatever. And then she ends up in line next to me. So I'm like, hey, you must like horror, right? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, so what's your favorite horror movie? She's like, oh, that's a tough one. 
<laughs> but I do, but I'll tell you, I am, I've got to lay off Indonesian doll films for a while because those are really starting to freak me out. <laughs> and I was like, you're cool. And then later that night, she shows up to, uh, to karaoke and sings uh, rock and roll all night from Kiss. Very first person up on stage. And I was like, you are awesome. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's so great. Yeah, and I actually didn't even know, like, I didn't know her past that. Like, I had, I put a video up of some of that stuff, and mm -hmm. I was like, if anybody knows this girl or knows her parents or whatever, like, please, like, you know, tag them or whatever. And then finally, her mom, Marcella, I don't know how she, how she found it or who told her or whatever, but, like, finally, like, she tagged me on Instagram. It's like, I'm Johnny's mom. <laughs> so, cool. and she's also in my phone as well. That's really, that's really cool. And I talked to them. I talked to her husband a little bit too, which I'm going to have him on my show one of these days. It's cool that like the whole family's really into horror. And I just, again, I think it's awesome and healthy and it's cool. Cause it's like you have a kid and they're growing up doing what you're doing. I mean, as far as just being a fan of that genre, cause now kids are like, Oh, my parents like that. Oh, that's stupid. I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that. That's corny. Yeah. But with her, it's the complete opposite. Yeah, that's yeah, that's like the that's like the total strike on something now. So, but not for her, no, not, not at all, <laughs> not at all. Which again, I, it just amazes me. Like we were talking about a few minutes ago, how somebody that age has the knowledge she has with horror and that she's into it at that age because you really don't see it since our generations when we were kids, you would see it a lot more. And yeah, I feel, like, I feel like it was more frowned upon when we were kids in a sense of like horror being the quote-unquote outcasts right but, well when we were kids too it was also like it was taboo you know it was all like oh my god like i heard this is like the scariest thing ever you know there's like a little oh, contests and stuff and now we just don't have that yes <clears throat> one thing i do miss besides going to the video store which was such a great thing. I do kind mm -hmm. of miss the VHS look, which I wish Blu-rays and DVDs would give you the option to watch the VHS look or the regular look, only because for certain movies, yeah. especially like slashers, like or like, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you get like that more dark, yeah. gritty look. But I say Blu-ray, DVD having that, because then you know how, ha you know what happens when you watch a tape a thousand times, it's eventually done. Uh -huh. It's eventually done, the VCR chews it up. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I have, I have a, a thought on this. Um, so first of all, and this, like, I think you and I are on the same boat on this, that don't just throw a filter on it either. Cause that's mm -hmm. just like the worst. Like, I mean, I'm not saying like, you know, newer movies that put a filter on are not bad, but like, yeah, going back to like the original print and just, just digitally transferring it without yeah. doing any kind of a restoration or whatever. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a good one. Um, because I, like, I have an ultra 4k TV, I've got, you know, ultra 4k Blu-ray player, blah, blah, blah. And not that long ago, maybe three or four months ago, I popped in Texas Chainsaw Massacre and there was, you know, the one like famous shot of Pam, like coming in, like walking across the yard and it goes on, you know, the camera goes under the swing and just follows her, you know, and it's just this like cool, awesome one long shot. It's what everybody talks about. And I was like, that looks so good. Like the, like the trees were like all like perfect, you know, and everything was crystal clear. And I'm like, I don't like it. I don't. Because it's part of what made that movie scary is that it did look low quality and almost like a snuff film. And that's part of the reason why I still like it. Exactly. And so, yeah, there are some things that just, they, they need that. So that's why 
I say both. I say both options because you got again, you got the one beautiful option where it looks great. Then you got the gritty option. Yeah. I say both options just in case because there's times you're like, you know what, I have this 4K TV or whatever. I want to see what this thing can right. do. So you get to watch it like that, and then the darker. Right. You you want to see the toothpicks coming out of Mrs. Voorhees's neck when she gets decapitated sometimes. Sometimes you do. <laughs> But then you always, then you, you get that feeling back, I guess that childhood feeling when you're watching it, when it's nice and dark and gritty. It's like, this is just, this is perfect. Kids might not understand, why are you watching? This looks terrible. No, this is, this is how it's supposed to look. This is great. Yeah. It's I'm, actually, I'm actually a fan of the dead format uh, Selectivision. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It was very brief, probably six, seven years. It's an RCA thing. It's, it was a precursor to laser discs. Okay. But uh, they are... They're, they're the size of albums and they're plastic caddies. You may have seen some like at flea markets or like cons and stuff. Sometimes people sell them because mm-hmm. they've got like the cool artwork on them and people hang them on their walls. Mm-hmm. I have a player and I watch them that. It's a record inside. It's a movie on a record. It's oh. on front and back. Yeah. So, yeah. But, you, but even seeing that, like watching like, for, I'll go back to Friday the 13th because, you know, I'm a Friday the 13th girl. Me too. Well, not but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the original one, when you watch it, like as, with every um, with every new transfer, there are certain things that just look worse and worse and worse. First, mm-hmm. Annie's neck, like her neck appliance is like completely different than her face color. It takes you out of it. And then also Kevin Bacon's neck appliance is like a completely different color but if you go back and you watch that the way it was meant to be like if you watch it on vcr you watch it on ced that it looks good you know i mean and so and and these people who are doing this watching dailies in 1979 1980 they weren't going well now that looks good now but what's it gonna look like you know in 2020 when we have like advanced technology i mean you know like it would, it, like, you have to go back to kind of see what it would have looked like to somebody mm-hmm. who saw that in the theater, like, opening day. That is one thing I always say to people. Like, I, I wish I had a time machine, but being the age I am now, the mindset I am now, to go back when certain horror movies came out and just watch them in theaters while those people are seeing them for the first time to see how their reactions were. Mm-hmm. Like, something like The Exorcist, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, the Friday the 13th, just, like, when those movies first came out, because it's, there was nothing like that before then. Like now we're kind of yeah. numb to it. We've seen all the movies. We, yeah. Yeah. And like it, there, every once in a while a movie will come out and you feel like, okay, maybe this is it. Like the one that I thought for sure, and this is not recent. <laughs> this is, I guess, modern. Let's put it this way. Me okay. as an adult. The one that I was like, okay, this is going to be the game changer. This is going to be the movie that I'm going to talk about. Like that I went to see on opening night and it changed my freaking life was House of a Thousand Corpses. Like, I, when I first heard Rob Zombie was doing a horror movie, I'm like, yes, please. Like, everything was just very flat, very, like, very, I know what you did last summer kind of thing. And I was like, this is going to be great. And I went to see it, and I liked it. But it didn't, it was not life-changing. Now, however, 17 years later, I'm telling the story about how I went to go see that on opening night. So, <laughs> I might have to retract a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And now it's, I love it. It's like one of my favorite movies, but, um, but yeah, like it just wasn't like it was, I'm like, it, that's just not the same as going to see the exorcist, like for the first, yeah. you know, on the opening weekend and not knowing anything about it. That see that that's, that's what I mean. I would love to be able to get that mm-hmm. from it. Like I, I got to see, um, 
was it a couple years ago my wife and i got to see nightmare on elm street in theaters which was the original which was amazing they're having some special i think regal cinemas were doing it all over the place yeah yeah i did see that and we almost didn't go because it was a snowstorm but i was like no we're, i was like we, we gotta go to this <laughs> we are gonna we're gonna risk our lives honey get in the car <laughs> it was more her too she was like we're still going and she's a big like i'm a more of a jason fan she's more of a freddie fan anyway and seeing that on the big screen was, I was just like, wow, this is, this is so cool. I, just, I wish I could have seen this back when it came out originally. But. Yep. I, I also have the, I wish I could men in black my mind sometimes. Oh, yeah. Like there are certain movies like Sleepaway Camp. Like I watched Sleepaway, like I rented Sleepaway Camp too. Like back in the day, I rented it so many times I could have bought the VHS for how many times I rented it. And that says a lot because <laughs> yep. those boogers were expensive. But I rented that probably like 20 times before I ever watched the first one. So I had like, it, I was already like, yeah, Angela, chick, you know, she's a chick now, but whatever. I, I know she was a boy. And I mean, I heard the story 15 times, but I didn't like, I couldn't get that shock value back. And it's like, I just kind of sometimes wish I could just wipe my memory and be like, I just want to watch this first one. Like Friday the 13th. Again, going back to that. That's a whodunit. Yeah. And I try to go back and think about like, okay, which, what parts of these are red herrings? You know, like what, what are the little breadcrumbs they were trying to put in there? Because you're so immune to it now. You don't really see any of like the storytelling that they originally did. That's very true. And speaking of Friday the 13th, that's one story <clears throat> that if, rather it be a fan-made film or just rewatching the originals. That's one story I never get tired of when they're sitting by the campfire talking about the quote unquote mm -hmm. Jason and they find out he's real. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Excuse me. It's such a simple story, but it's so well done that I can listen yeah. to a thousand different times in a thousand different ways mm -hmm. and just be almost as excited as I was the first time I heard it. Yeah. That's one thing I love about that. Like I, I love the replay value about that movie and a lot of the other eighties movies. And I, that's one thing that I feel like we're kind of missing right now with horror. As far as yeah. the, big, the big Hollywood ones, there's a few that might do something, but for the most part, it's like yeah. you watch them once or twice and that's it. Yeah. You know, like last year, um, you know, I did my, I did, you know, my best of 2019 mm. or whatever, you know, and I was kind of like, I was trying to like, look at them. Oh, I know what it was. I was doing, um, I, it was, we were supposed to, <laughs> it was for the exploding heads podcast. Um, they were compiling, like a bunch of us podcast people were compiling our top 100 of the decade. So 2000 to 2019. And we had to like order them and stuff. And when I got to like, you know, the top ones, you know, cause then it's like, you know, Sophie's choice. Like, oh, is it this one or that one? But I was like, I started choosing on like rewatchability. I'm like, yeah, I, I really loved Hereditary. But you know what? I've watched it twice and I can probably do without watching it ever again. Cabin in the Woods, I can pop that thing on anytime and recite the whole damn thing. And I love it. You know, that's going to go higher for me. Um, there is like, there is just, there is a lack of re of rewatchability. And some of it does have to do with just because of like the big twist of whatever movie, you know, whatever particular movie, everybody's trying to be like a little different um, and try to do something that just, is going to lose its luster after a couple times of seeing it. I like that you said that because <clears throat> for me, I watch like the movies. I'll still give you two examples, like the thing and jaws. I feel mm -hmm. like those movies are damn near perfect, but going yeah. back to the 13th again, I'm way more into Like I can watch those movies every day and not get tired of them. Not that I'll get sick of jaws, yeah. 
but that's like one of those movies you watch maybe once every say once every few months or once every right. years, and then that's it. The other ones, they're not as good with the storytelling and all that, of course, but they're just more fun to watch. Like, who doesn't want to pop in a Friday the Thirteenth? I have a comfort. I have this comfort with like camp slasher movies. I'm the same way. And like, I, I mean, like, I always, I call it comfort movies, and um, especially since like we've been in this situation that we're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, um, I know that I, I'm not the only one who's been kind of like looking towards comfort type things. So either, whether it be booze or food or, you know, movies or whatever, but I've been finding myself like rewatching a lot of things that I've seen a million times. I've been just watched the Brady Bunch, like start to finish like twice. Okay. But like, those are the ones that like I'll put on and I, I don't need to watch it. Like I know, like the burning, I put that on and I don't have to pay attention. I can clean my house or whatever, but just that sound in the background of it, there's something very like soothing to me. I don't know if it's nostalgia or what it is, or I'm not sure. There's something about that 80s slasher, especially those, those camp, you know, killing your teenagers. It's, I'm the same way. Like I can, for example, there's times where I'll be editing and I'll have a movie playing in the background just just for background noise. It's usually a movie I've seen before right. that I enjoy, and I'm just like, okay. And I do not have to look at the screen. I already know you just by this. Okay, I know. Yeah, yep. you laugh before they make the joke. You know, you whatever you are, you go ooh before they get killed. Yeah. Mason's <laughs> about to throw somebody through a window. How do you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I, it's I don't know what it is about it either. It could be the comfort with it. It could be the nostalgia of it and seeing it since, you know, childhood and all that good stuff. And they're just entertaining movies at the end of the day. Yeah. Like they did, they have the practical effects and I feel like they did what they're supposed to. Like I feel now, not all, but I feel with some movies, they're trying way too hard to entertain us. And then I feel some aren't doing enough, which may seem right. And then some are just doing the same thing over as far as remakes go. I'm a person who does enjoy remakes. Do not get me wrong, but they have to be done right. I know people say you can always, like, because I say the remakes, I'll watch them. I love horror, so I'll watch it. And you can always go back to the original if you hate the remake. But I just feel like if you do a remake, especially like a big classic remake, you have, you have to do it justice. You have to do it right. You, you yeah. have there, And there are a few. I mean, like uh, Dawn of the Dead remake. I like that better than Dawn of the Dead. You know, the crazies, same thing. I like the remake better, you know, but there are certain movies that I just, the remakes, I'm like, they just don't have the same oomph. I'll throw another one in there. Evil Dead. I like that remake better than the original. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which really, it's not a, it's not a remake so much as a sequel. If you like, if you, yeah, if you read up on it, because clearly there, there's a lot of reference to Ash and his friends were in that cabin. Okay. So... Yeah, so it's really kind of a sequel. I wish they'd make another one. I haven't seen that movie in, in a while. I think since it I came out, I watched it in theaters. But um, yeah, that I thought that was That's done. Good. Well. And then Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 03. I don't like it better than the original, but they did an excellent job with it. I feel. I do like, and especially I have this, I have this thing about um two good looking of people in horror movies. Like if they're like two like like put together and like just like generically good looking and whatever. I don't like, I don't get scared at movies anyway, but like, I definitely don't have a sense of fear for the, for those characters when it's like, but really 
despite like the spray tan and the, you know, fake sweat and everything, Jessica Biel like really did a good job. Like I was really kind of terrified for her. Maybe it's because she was Mary Camden before. She did great. <laughs> great. But I, I do agree with you when they put too many pretty people in the movie, you, you can kind of yeah. tell like, okay, this person's way too pretty. They're not going to die. And it pisses me off. I don't like when they put big names in horror movies unless they were with the genre for like most of their career. And I don't like when they put two. Yeah. I'm just like, come on now. This, this isn't how this is going to go down. No. This no. guy's way too pretty. He's going to run just like I would. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's the thing too. You just can't, you're like, she's not going to put up a fight. She's going to break a nail. You know, like you just, you, your brain, it's not even like a thing that you're thinking. It's like your brain is just like triggering those thoughts. Like this, can't, this is not scary at all. This is, I cannot feel for this character at all. <laughs> you know what it is too? I feel like if you put, I'm not going to say ugly people, but um, like an average looking person, for me, you can relate more to the characters than if mm-hmm. it's, like putting a bunch of supermodels in a movie. I'm like, okay, this isn't really. And that's, and that's one of the things that I love about independent horror. It's one of the things that's drawn me to this genre as both a fan and a filmmaker and an actress is that I like that idea of like people that look like you, you know, people that are just like normal, like they pick them off the streets and, and that's really how it usually goes with indie horror is it's just normal people doing their own makeup, doing their own hair and, you know, wearing the clothes that they, you know, that mm. they walked in on, no costumes or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's very natural. And you actually like feel a little bit more connection with those people and you feel like they could really be in peril. Indie horror is something I, I love. I support it as much as I can when the Indiegogo is going. If I have the money, I'll, I always try to get, at least get the Blu-ray just because I'm like, when this comes out, I need to own it. But it's just, my bro- I'll take these words from my brother. He was saying it's like the backbone of horror, and that's because you guys come up with, like, fresh ideas. And then if you do do, like, you know, like a fan film, like a Friday the 13th, not only do you switch it up some, but you make these movies for the fans. It's for the fans by fans, whether it's your own idea or a fan film versus the big Hollywood movies. It's more of, like, let me just make a bunch of money off this movie. Let me do a remake because I know these guys are going to co-see it, which we do. Or let me, you know, let me do this movie. That's fine. It's not an either or. It's Most people think you have to pick a side and you don't. Oh, no. No, <laughs> I, I, I enjoy both. But I'm just saying, like, I have, I guess I have more of a passion and more of a respect for the indie horror. Because, again, it's mm-hmm. like someone like me can pick up a camera. I mean, I'd have to have more talent. But someone like me can pick up a camera or write a script or something. Just go do it and have fun with it. And I feel it's good for the younger generation, too, especially with all this technology. Of, hey, I want to make movies. Go grab your phone and just pra- do something with your friends. Write up a little script and do something with your friends and just keep practicing at it. And you might not, you might not be good at it. You might be great at it. You never know until you try it. But you actually have yeah. access to do it now. Yeah. And a lot of us didn't when we were younger. Like, oh, I, I mean, not at all. I mean, like, there are very few people. I mean, there are a few people that I actually really look up to mm-hmm. now who are uh, – people who directed movies, who made movies that I rented when I was a kid mm. and uh, at video stores. And I didn't realize until much, much later that they weren't that much older than I was. Uh, so Tim Ritter is definitely one who has become kind of my mentor. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, I didn't know when I rented Truth or Dare when I was like 14, that like this was like made by like a 17 year old. Like, had I known that, maybe would my life have gone a little differently? You know, like, yeah. you know, but again- Rolf Konevsky made a There's Nothing Out There. And I loved that movie. I was a video store 
I worked at a video store when that came out. And I loved that movie in 92. And then it was like, it was only like two or three years ago that I found out he was, he's like two years older than I am. And that like devastated me. I'm like, had I known that maybe just maybe I would have done something different, you know? Every, I guess everything does happen for a reason. And I'll say going back to that too, as far as getting the equipment to record a movie and all that was way more expensive than it is now. Cause yeah. now again, you can literally use your cell phone at least for. Right. Yeah. I mean, we all have a, great you know a great camera i mean start out with that and then you know work your way up but <clears throat> i i just love it i love how when you guys put out these awesome indie films and i love seeing the horror community work together i hate when you see like there's there's a few people who you yeah. just bump heads with or whatever the case may be but i don't mind so much the bumping heads i don't like when people tear each other down or like say yeah. say for example say me and you had a falling out and say i'm just saying you were 100% wrong, but say we had a falling out, you didn't publicize it, and mm-hmm. I did. I look like the asshole no matter what happens. I hate when people do that. I'm like, if you have a falling out, you're a yeah. dog, just leave it at that. Just we don't talk, whatever. Leave it. Leave it. It's, well, and this, this brings up a good point of, um, and this is a problem when you're making um, independent films. We don't make... <laughs> crap off of these movies i mean like maybe like if you're acting in it maybe you get paid a little bit of money uh if you direct a movie that does decently maybe you're maybe you get a distribution deal and get a little bit of money off of it but most of the time you're just working to get enough money to be able to do your next project and no there are some people who don't care because they're not getting paid that much or because it's almost like oh i'm just doing this for a friend um there's that lack of uh like urgency mm. like you know like i can just oh i can just bail because it's just my friend she doesn't care you know and there's a lot of that that goes on in indie horror um you have to like i mean the, my my thing is i always say nobody's going to care about your project even a fraction of what you care about your project you can't assume that anybody else is going to be on board 100 and like going to be there the whole time um because of that. And it's, it's understandable too, you know, because everybody, this is so secondary for everybody. Everybody has jobs, everybody has families. Um, and this is not for fame and fortune. This is not like to propel anybody to, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to get noticed by Blumhouse, you know, (laughs) like, um, this is really just more for like the love of it. And so, yeah, there, you can run into some people who are just unreliable and there, there's been criticism I've heard of like um, within our genre or scene or whatever of like certain like people getting cast in too many things. Like I'm sick of seeing so-and-so and everything. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that so-and-so has proven him or herself exactly. that they, even though they're, yeah, even though they are working for peanuts, they show up and they work, they're reliable and that's why they get cast. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, not saying that, you know, I mean, talent is there too, but it's like, it's definitely like everybody kind of starts gravitating towards like th- their own little group that they know that they can trust and count on because you kind of have to. Well, yeah, I agree with that. And I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense because again, I see people, you know, okay, I'm not going to get paid for this. So I'm not going to put my all into it. And I look at it, like, if you're going to try something like that, as far as a movie goes, mm-hmm. do your best, enjoy it, do your best yeah. ups and downs with it. And whatever, you know, whatever happens, happens with it. But just, you're doing it, for, you're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the fans. You're doing it for the horror genre. Yeah, you're, do- 
and yeah and you're doing it you're it's supposed to be enjoyable and you're supposed to be yeah it's it's a joint effort and it's fun you know i mean that's that's what it all comes down to i guess if it comes to a point where it's not fun anymore then you probably well, yeah. do it anymore. you don't enjoy it and then as far as the money part goes i mean if you're doing it for the money you're doing it for the wrong reason right? no if you're doing it for the money then you're an idiot <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> as you said, there's no money, there's little to no money into it. And you could yeah. say the same with what I do with the podcast and there's yeah. pretty much no money into it unless you get advertisements and all that, which can happen. Mm-hmm. You can grab them here and there. But if you're doing it for that reason, which I've, excuse me, I was on a podcast panel a couple of times. I remember somebody asked us when we were up on the panel, like, so do you make money off the podcast? I was like, no. Yeah. But I said, and then they're just, yeah. And then they just are like, what? Why do you do it? And I, I told him, I, like, I said, listen, I said, if you want to start a podcast, start one. Yes. I said, but if you're going into it to make money, I said, you won't last 10 episodes before you burn yourself out and you lose passion mm-hmm. for it. I said, if you're doing it just as a hobby and having fun, you're going to last yeah, long. Not only are you going to last, but you never know what can happen later on down the road, but you can't mm-hmm. always, I think it's bad when people look at every opportunity is how much can I make off of this? Cause then yes. you don't put your all into it. You can yeah. just put your all into it. If something happens to where, hey, you luck out, you're one of the people that luck out and like, hey, I made a lot of money off of this. Cool. Off my passion. Cool. But if you're someone who's just doing it as a passion and that's just what it is, then yep. there's nothing wrong with that either. Yep. Like, I, I like to say I make enough on my podcast Patreon to pay for my podcast hosting. And I'm good with that. Every once in a while, maybe I have like two extra dollars. I can get a coffee that month. You know? <laughs> hey. You got to do what you got to do. I mean, with the podcasting, what I, what I do enjoy about it, I mean, everything, but one thing I think is cool is like when I go to cons, like there's one called Scarecon, I get, I get a media pass. So I get in there for free. Yeah. I get a free table. I just have to pay for power for the weekend, but I bring my whole setup there. I get a table and I think that's an awesome thing right there. And you get, yeah. some, you get it opens up some doors as far as opportunities for interviews. I get to interview so many people around the world. I get to talk to cool people like yourself and I just, take it for what it, I mean, I, I love yeah. that. I love yeah, that. I, yeah. And I mean, that's, that's been one of my huge passions that I, I mean, cause that's how I started. I mean, I, I started as a, as a promoter, a podcaster, a YouTuber, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, started interviewing filmmakers. That's how I got into it because then I kind of started talking to all these filmmakers and realizing, Hey, I could do it myself. And, and also just with the acting part of it, it was like, I started, you know, getting closer to some directors and then they're like, Oh, Hey, here, just, you're going to be in my movie, you know? And then like director a, here's the like director B used you. And then director B's like, well, I need to put you in my movie too. If he used you, you know? And so it just kind of like, yeah, spirals down, but yeah, it's, it's just awesome to be able to like talk to people and um, be a part of it be supportive. And, and, And that's something that a lot of people probably don't realize. Um, is that we do have like contact with people. So mm-hmm. I was amazed, I think the first time that I, I watched a movie on like Amazon Prime, like a, an independent movie or something. And, and I was like, I really like this movie. And like I get on Instagram or Facebook and I look up the director and send a message. And like, as I'm watching the movie, I get a message back from that director. And it's like, what? Like you don't realize that like, there's a certain level of like, you know, like people always think it's like if somebody makes a movie, they're untouchable. Mm-hmm. But then you start realizing, no, there's this whole like layer of people who are like, oh, let's talk about my stuff. Yeah. You know, and it's really cool. Yeah, I, I agree with you one million percent. Like I'm the type of I reach out like how I reach out to you. I do the same thing. 
pretty much send the same, I guess you can say same generic message, but I'm just like, hey, I'm a huge horror fan. I love you on my show, or at least check it out. You get yeses, you get noes, and I'm the type of person, I don't get, I don't get scared if, some, if I feel somebody's going to say no. If they say no, so what? I don't get yeah. offended if somebody says no. And, I'm just, and I also keep it in my mind, like, say, you know, say if I reach out to somebody that's Hollywood or whatever the case may be, and they say no, because in the back of their mind, maybe my show is not big enough, and then say later on, it grows more. I'll remember that. It's not that I wouldn't let them on, but all those people that said yes, the door's exactly. always open for them. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, I, again, the no's I would say yes to, but say if you want to come on again and say somebody that told me no, let's just say today's wanting to come on at some point. You're coming on first because you had no issue just coming on here and Because I'm here. Exactly. And I, <laughs> like I said, I don't get offended by it. I understand it for maybe from their standpoint of, hey, you know, I want to be on a bigger show so I can get a bigger promotion for myself, whatever the case may be. And then it feels cool to work with indie artists because I love talking to people and seeing how far they've grown over the years. And one of these indie artists, yeah. we might be watching them on, you know, on in Hollywood one day. And it's like, cool. I had them on my podcast a few years ago. I have. Yeah. Well, and there's also a sense of like, uh, there's a sense of uh, self-satisfaction too. I don't know if you've had this yourself, but it's like, I've promoted like certain movies that kind of were on the very like, you know, they were like struggling and I found them and I love them and I started promoting them and doing things for them and like became really good friends with the filmmakers and, and like, and they've helped me out because I helped them out. And like, like I can say, like, I honestly like made a difference, Mm -hmm. you know, like whether it was, I just pulled in, you know, 20 new people to watch that movie. That's huge for some movies. Oh yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So it's like when you feel like you can actually make a contribution and get somebody's art out there and get other people to appreciate it. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. I agree. I've, I've actually had people reach out to me from either hearing my show or being referred from somebody who was on my shows, especially with the indie scene. Like he really does have a passion for the indie scene. He promotes it as much as he can, does this, that, and the third. And they'll just reach out. Hey, can I come on here? I'm just like, of course. Yeah, of course. Come on my show. I would love that. And that, that feels so good. Cause again, I'm just doing this as like, just, I just enjoy horror so much. I love talking to people, reviewing movies and all that good stuff. So I'm just like, you know, I'm doing it as that. And then when somebody reaches out to you for something like that, it feels great. I'm like, Oh wow. I'm actually mm-hmm. making a difference. Yeah. And, and it, it just, I'm not going to say it makes me want to do it more because I want to do it, but at the same time, it puts a little bit more of a drive in me. Like yesterday. Right. Like you feel like it's, it, like when you feel like something's off or not, you're like, well, why am I doing this? But yeah, when you feel like, okay, there's actually like I'm making a contribution and you have some kind of almost like proof. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you want to do it more. Like yes, yesterday I did an interview, right? Right after my interview, the lady's agent hi- or hired me. The lady's agent emailed me and was like, I heard you do movie reviews. I would love for you to review my movie. I'll send you a screener. Perfect. Yeah. I, I just, I was like, is it cool if I, you know, send it to one of my co-hosts too, just so I can review it. Cause when I review movies, I do it with other people. Right. I was like, yeah, of course. So stuff yeah. like stuff like that means so much. And it's so awesome. Yeah. It's all about the free stuff. We get free stuff. We do at times. Yeah. And we maybe not get money, but we can get some cool stuff sometimes. I mean, and the screener is amazing. Like I never, <laughs> Never thought I'd get something like, like I know. I get to I get to watch a movie that a lot of people don't get to see yet until you know whenever it comes yeah. out. Yeah, that feels great. Yeah, that's always an awesome feeling. Yeah, like ooh, like you like you're like privy to something. You know, the first time that I ever got a screener like from I don't know how I ended up on like some of the um like the mass lists 
of like the different uh, studios. But like the first time I ever got one that was like totally unsolicited. Like if I would, if I liked a movie and or whatever, if I wanted to see a movie and I contacted the director, sometimes they'd give you like a screener or whatever. Yeah. But like when it was like, I was like part of like their press list, you know, <laughs> that just got sent out. All if that. you're interested in this new movie, then please. Da, da, da. I was like, oh, wow, I feel legit. <laughs> that's, that's, that's so cool right there. That's so cool. It's yeah, awesome. But it, it, it just makes, it does make you want to do a little bit more. And again, it's, it's so freaking fun. Like, Talk, again, talking to people around the world. I talked to a guy from Australia a couple of weeks ago. That was cool. And who would have thought I'm just sitting in my home on my computer mm-hmm. talking random horror with someone, you know, across the world. Yep. The power of technology. Oh, yes. Good. It's good and bad. <laughs> yeah. But it, but in this case, it is great. Oh, yeah. it's, especially now with this whole pandemic. It's, it's awesome. I, I think. I think I did about 35 episodes. I think this is like my 35th or 36th episode since we've been quarantined. Mm-hmm. Recording and editing when I can and recording, yeah. editing, watching movies. It gets repetitive and it, it almost clumps in, not in a bad way, it almost clumps into one because I do so many to where I'm like, okay, I did this episode, but when did I do this? When did I do that? What movie did I, re- I just forget. It can be yeah. Water, but I'm enjoying like every second of it. Yeah. Same here. <clears throat> So, oh, okay, this. <laughs> I'm still getting used to this. Just do this. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys are supposed to be recording. <clears throat> was it around this time or was it later towards the summer? Uh, so, okay, so he's talking about The Embalmers, um, which is my film that I am I'm writing, producing, and directing with my sister, uh, Diane Frager. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm like, my allergies are really bad today. Uh, and we're also co-writing with uh, one of our stars, Rob Mello. Um, we are doing our Indiegogo right now. We're at the tail end of our Indiegogo. We started it, I think, March 13th. Um, and we were poised to be doing pretty well. And we did really well for like two or three days. I mean, we were like really kicking butt. And then like that's when things started shutting down. So of course, like my sister said, she's like, leave it to us to start an Indiegogo campaign when then there's a pandemic. <laughs> like, sure, why not? You know? But we powered through. So we before that, we actually got uh, quite a few of our cast together and we shot a teaser. This is essentially like the first five, six, seven minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we shot that because we wanted to have like a proof of concept. It's not like the p- most perfect thing ever. It's not exactly how I want the movie to look, whatever. But we wanted to prove to everybody like we have an idea. We have a script. We have a cast. We have, we have it all put together. We just need the money to make it happen. Um, and so it took us a little bit longer because we did that. So maybe if I had just been like, like everybody else and just been like, Hey, I got a poster and a, you know, a tagline, yeah. give me money. Then maybe I would have been okay. Um, but no, it's, uh, so this is going to be an awesome film. Um, and we will get it made no matter what. Uh, right now, the only variable is really about like travel, um, and gatherings. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are supposed to be doing our principal photography in September. So hopefully by then, Things will be, I, I'm not going to say they're going to be normal, 
I don't, and there is going to be a new normal in this world anyway, but hopefully by that point in time, um, we are able to get together. Um, so it, it involves three siblings who have powers bestowed upon them to where they can um, basically like read you after you die and find out if you were a good person or a bad person and pass judgment on you. And if you are a bad person, they can seal your soul into your rotting corpse. So, um, so there, so every time they read a person, it's going to go back into like a flashback kind of, you know, for lack of a better word from that person's life. And so all of those flashback things, I hired uh, actors who were local or fairly local. And our plan was to do most of those since we didn't need like our entire, like, like our core cast. Yeah. We would do those like over weekends, over the summer, like, you know, there's one that we're shooting. I live on a lake and we're going to shoot it at my lake. And I'm like, hey, you know, like we're going to get everybody here. Everybody's going to crash my house, we'll have a party, we'll do whatever. And that, those are the ones that, those are the things that I'm kind of like, I don't know if that's going to happen um, before we do principal photography or not, but that'll be our, our biggest variable at this point. Oh, that's interesting. That's real. Yeah. I like that. <clears throat> I like just the story, just the concept of the story. <laughs> And it's, and it's, it's a cool, it's a cool story. I mean, we kicked out the script pretty fast um, because my sister had had like the, just the basic idea and like we would get, she like, cause I get press passes. Mm -hmm. She started going to conventions with me because you would always get two press passes and yep. I would make her be my camera girl. <laughs> and so I'm like, here, you can come with me and you can get in for free, but you got to do some work here. And we would be on these long trips, like five, six hours, you know, driving somewhere. And we would talk about this story. Um, and we kind of like come up with some different stuff, but like we never put it on paper. And then so finally, once we decided to put it on paper, it's like we had a lot of it already there. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> that's good. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, Rob Mello. Um, Alice Winkler from Plank Face, Space Babes from Outer Space. That's what everybody seems to know her from. <laughs> um, Andrea Collins from the hospital, Belly Timber. They are our main siblings. Julianne Prescott, who is like uh, the indie horror princess right now. She is in it. Johnny Shandor, who we talked about before, and Marcella are in it. They play a mother and daughter very aptly. Um, that was the only reason Marcella agreed to do it. She's like, I think I can play my, my kids mom okay i'll do it <laughs> but uh antoine Steele, who is from a bunch of todd sheets movies and i don't know if you're if anybody out there who is like a shot on video fan will know who todd sheets is um but uh yeah he's in it he was if you watch clownado he was black elvis in clownado he's he's coming up from uh kansas city um but yeah, and then like I said, a lot of a lot of local people that we found some really awesome local talent that we're incorporating in, and we're just going to do it and have fun. I'm I'm willing this into existence. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> no, you have you have to you have to because if you put the <clears throat> out in the air, then everything goes downhill and it just falls apart. But you keep that positive mindset, and it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. and well, I am a, I like to say I'm a stubborn bitch too. <laughs> when I put my mind to something, it happens. Um, so yeah, like one way or another, we'll, we'll get it done. Um, the, like I said, the Indiegogo has not been as successful as I wanted it to be. Um, I found some alternate ways to raise money. Um, 
I just basically been pimping myself out <laughs> and making some money from some different things. So uh, we're just kind of just pulling in from, some, we're trying to be creative and pulling from some different sources. <clears throat> and honestly, before anything happened, like earlier this year, like probably January or something, I said, I think like, I think we're at the tail end of independent movies being able to be fully funded by crowdfunding. You could tell there was like a lot of fatigue. A lot of people were kind of like, uh, kind of, there were some projects people were getting burned on. Mm -hmm. There were like a lot of projects that like were coming out of the gate with like, you know, like I said, like a poster and an idea and then come to find out they don't even have a script and they're trying to raise money. And so I felt, before any of this happened that we were kind of, we were getting on that tail end of, of pure fan contribution. Of course this forced its hand. So I kind of am like, I'm a little like proud that I'm sort of like at the forefront of trying to figure out how to, how to fund a movie in this like new era of mm -hmm. independent horror filmmaking. No, it makes sense though. And I do get what you're saying. Cause I've seen plenty of films like, especially ones I, I not <clears throat> but ones I couldn't always fund. And then you see them a couple months later falling apart. And this is what I was talking about earlier with as far as like people not getting along and bashing each other. And you start seeing all that. And I'm like, mm -hmm. keep that behind closed doors. If anything, don't put that out there. Cause then that's going to yeah. make you, it does a few things. It makes you people not, maybe not want to work with you because of this. And then For sure. you're eventually going to stop doing, you know, Hey, I'm just going to stop doing movies because but it's, I understand it happens, but I, I do get what you're saying too, where it's like, you're excited about something. They may even have a teaser trailer. You get real excited. Like, okay, this is going to be awesome. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden, you know what? It fell apart for whatever reason. Yeah. You, a lot of the times that I've seen, honestly, it's been behind the scenes stuff. People. Yeah. It's not even money. A lot of the times, like lately we've seen that. Uh, I, we've seen that already a couple of times in 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's more of personality clashing and people trusting the wrong people or people assuming uh you know things about other people and it's it's really it is sad it's sad mm. i was involved in one of them i was actually like in, like intimately involved in one of those and it was really sad when it all fell apart i wonder if i know what you <clears throat> like, yeah you I probably do i'll i'll ask you off, off yeah. i'm sure you know but i think i do i think but I can't wait for you guys. I can't wait for again this to come out. Just because of, <laughs> I'll get better at it. I got to practice more, I guess. Hey, but I've got, I mean, you've got the other side is my card that's got like some of my, you know, this was my Indiegogo card for me. Yeah. And then it's got some of my uh, other things that I'm working on. So, I mean, if you just point, you're fine. That's true. You could be talking about any of these things. All your projects. I can't wait to see all your projects because, yeah. again, I can tell you're a very passionate horror fan, which. That right there makes me want to watch your projects or anyone else's project. When you're a true horror fan, you're not just jumping <clears throat> to jump into it. If you're a true horror fan and you just like, hey, I, I want to do a movie, awesome. If I can help fund it, I will. And I feel like uh, the thing I do love about the Indiegogo, being a fan of it, is like it makes you feel you're a part of something. Yeah. As far as like, say, if I fund it to, to grab a movie and you get your name in the credits versus yeah. if you go and grab a movie from Walmart. Yes. I'm still going to grab a horror movie from right. Walmart or Amazon or whatever, but I'm not, a, I wasn't a part of that movie. Like I don't feel, I didn't, Oh, I don't feel, I didn't have any hand in doing anything for that movie at all. I just yeah. bought it or ordered it. And 
something that that people have lost sight of is that when you get something from Indiegogo, it's a perk. It's it's a thank you gift. It's just like those old like PBS telethons where you gave like $100 and you got like this generic tote bag. Like you weren't paying $100 for the tote bag. That was your thank you gift. And it's the same thing with Indiegogo. People don't always understand. They're like, well, why do you charge $30 for a t-shirt? No, it's not $30 for a t-shirt. It's we're giving you this t-shirt because as a thank you for you donating the $30. Same thing with the Blu-ray DVD. And that's, I think people have lost sight of the idea that Indiegogo is not shopping. Mm-hmm. It is actually support and contribution, and it's more of what you can do for a project as opposed to what the project can do for you. Not not only that, too, but I look at it like as far as the movie <clears throat> or any of the perks you guys give where you can get like something from the scene from the movie, you can get a shirt. There's only X amount of those made, so it's like, okay, say, say you only make 500 of them. Once those 500 are gone, they're gone. And if you're lucky enough gone, yeah. 500 people to get any of those perks, that's all awesome. to me, that's awesome. Because how you could yeah. look at it like if you can go back in the A's and say help fund Friday the Thirteenth to have your name in the credits, yeah, you would do it. Yeah. What's yeah? Same thing, in my mm-hmm. opinion, same exact thing. And I I'm agree. Doing it as much as I'm gonna keep funding him as much as I can, as long as I can <laughs> afford it. And I just love the genre. I think you guys do an excellent job, and I love when everybody again. You guys have the fresh ideas. You guys have the better stories in a sense. With, against Hollywood in times because I feel obviously the budget's way different so you have to be a lot more creative with things which I think is a great thing and a healthy thing because then it makes you think more and again it's for the fans by the fans who are just like wow they, they pulled this off and it looks it was amazing it was a great story and all this other stuff and then you when you get to talk to people like okay the budget was only this much and we had to do this this and this for these scenes you're like oh wow you guys really pulled that off that's that's awesome and a yeah. lot of people are self-taught with a lot of like the special, the practical effects and all that stuff, which yeah. is another thing I think is amazing. Cause it's like, you don't, you know, you can't, everybody can't afford to go to school and learn all these traits to learn all these things. Mm-hmm. It's expensive as hell. And when you learn mm-hmm. it on your own and I just appreciate it so much. So thank you. Cool. Um, you have any questions for me? Um, no. I mean, can I plug, like, I'm feeling we're at the end of this. Can I plug some of my other stuff? Oh, of course. Of course. (laughs) Okay. So, um, this next, this coming weekend, I am told, I hope so, uh, a movie that I did, um, actually while we were in quarantine, uh, called Faces of the Dead is going to be out on, um, streaming on video on demand. Um, and, uh, the film was mostly done <clears throat> from a director named Will Colazzo. It's mm-hmm. an anthology, so all of the segments were pretty much done. And he uh, hit me up to ask if I would want to do, like, the horror host wraparound stuff. Um, and little did he know, I actually already had a character <laughs> called Dr. Bubenstein that I've used before. <laughs> and so, uh, so when we talk about, like, the creativity of independent horror, I mean... You know, I sent him some stuff that I had done as Dr. Bubenstein, and he was like, great. He just sent me scripts. I filmed things here. You know, he gave me a little bit of direction. I'm like, okay, you know, I like this, this light, this and that. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I used my phone, sent it to him, and now it's going to be part of a movie. And it's, you know, like, it's, it's cool to be part of something that's like, 
I don't want to say groundbreaking, but I mean, the fact of the matter is, is like that movie would have just totally been like stuck, you know, like until other, until somebody could actually like film it, if he hadn't thought of like doing this, you know, and putting, you know, using the horror host as the wraparound and finding Mm me. So, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's my most, uh, my next thing's coming up. And I'm also in a film called Backwoods Bubba. If you have not joined that group on Facebook, you should. It's going to be awesome. I actually ended up being a co-writer on the film. And we've come out with some teasers and some different fun stuff. And we're going to start the Indiegogo on July 1st. And uh, the director, Brad Thomason, has some awesome perks in mind like the one that he the one that i can talk about that he has already said is he's he's gonna have backwoods bubba lunch boxes oh so yeah there's and there's one really really fun one that i'm really excited about and i can't tell you <laughs> but he is he's being very creative on what he's going to be offering to people and so for real horror fans you are going to dig that movie Especially if you're a slasher fan, you're going to dig the movie and you're really going to dig the Indiegogo perks. Oh, that's, that's very refreshing to hear. That's yeah. very refreshing. going to be awesome. I can't wait. <clears throat> but thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Anytime. I tell this to people all the time. Like When I say anytime on the show, I mean it. <clears throat> I, I, as, as I start getting things uh, cranked out uh, project-wise, I probably am going to hit you up. So. Just Sounds good. Be careful. Be careful what you do, what you give people uh, allowance to do, because I will come back. <laughs> I hope so. And it, again, it's just it's for all of us horror fans to have a good time, have a good chat, help promote things, and especially around these times where we can't do anything else but stay in. Watch home. movies. Yes. Watch. Watch movies. some of the movies. <laughs> yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> But yeah, seriously though, thank you again for coming on. Had a great time. I would love to do this again. And everybody go check her out everywhere. She's awesome in a lot of indie movies and they're going to be great. 